I think like the order and like the clarity of like, oh, it's that simple and that hard (laughs) is what people appreciate because otherwise you're kind of going in and closing your eyes and going, oh, I'm going to create a course and then nobody buys it. And then you try to fix that with like Facebook ads when it, you know, it was an offer problem or you try to fix the offer when actually it was that you had no leads. And so it's making sure that you understand like the big pieces, you understand what you want, and then you like reverse engineer into it. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome. This is episode 916. Today we're chatting with Stevie Dillon. Welcome to the call, Stevie. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. You've got an interesting story because you came from a, a legal background from memory. Yeah, I was a planning and environment solicitor. Very exciting. <laughs> so I'm, like, what I really want to cover today is how you ended up going from legal environment and planning to running a, a thriving business that teaches social media. It's called steviesayssocial.com and we'll sort of delve into that. But I'd love you to sort of take us back to, so you're there practicing law, doing your thing. What happened to change that? Uh, Do you want the long story or the short? They'll give you the short version. (laughs) So basically I, do you want the long or the short? I was thinking, I was thinking more medium. You know, I think the reason I'm interested in that is because of our listener base. There'll be some people who are still, because of the timing of this, because of what they're calling the, you know, the great resignation or whatever. And because people have been working from home for the last year or two, there's more people considering changing what they've been doing than at any time. And that's why I think it is interesting if you do mention that story, there might be some people who think, oh, that applies to me. And that could be quite instructive because whatever you did after that is most definitely something we can all learn from. All right. I'll give you the medium version. So I decided to be a lawyer because I got good grades at school (laughs) and I can like 100% say, do not do that. And I hated it. So I literally got to the end of uni and all of the like big firms they come at you. They're like, if you get good grades, they're like, we'll give you the world. And I said, no, the first time around, I was like, I'm going to travel. And then I had this like big law firm come to me two weeks before. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And they came back and they said, we'll give you this last offer. And I said, okay, I'll take it. And so I fell into (laughs) planning an environment law in the last big building boom and ended up kind of going down that road for five years and never had any client contact, just didn't enjoy it at all and thought, what am I going to do? Like, what do I want to do now? And I decided that I wanted to do marketing. So I'd worked at Red Bull when I was at uni and I was like, this is fun. I want to do this. And so signed up on Seek to marketing jobs and ended up working for a heap of different marketing companies. So I'd been in London, came back to Australia, worked for a heap of different marketing companies, decided that I loved digital marketing, learned a lot about social media, started a social media blog where every single weekend I would write these 3,000 word epic blog articles about social and then started a podcast and then started a business and here I am. That's great. So you basically went from school to university to a corporate law job. Did you, you did go to the UK. Did you end up getting to do your travel? I did. So I went to Central and South America for six months, which was really cool. So yeah. And then I kind of like traveled while I was over there, but I was working in big firms as well. So I didn't have the time. Well, I've been aware of you in my world. You have been using a platform that I've been helping to grow 10X Pro. 
And the thing that stands out for me is that you've got the most beautiful designs, whether it's your social media, your website, you've got an eye for it. And that automatically, I think, elevates whatever you're doing to get attention and to make people feel the quality of it. So whatever you're doing there is brilliant. Were you always interested in design? No, (laughs) not at all. I think like the funny thing, like going back to always like getting good grades at school is like you kind of, I always blocked the creative side of who I was out of anything I really did. So I never kind of like, I used to tell myself like, I'm good at the law side. I'm good at like the practical side and the logical side. And then when I started kind of my own business side of things and the blog and like the early designs, James were like atrocious, but (laughs) you improve with time. I started to get into it and I was like, I want to play with all of this stuff. And that's when I started to go, oh, you know what? I really enjoy this. And I never thought it was my thing, but I love it. And so I just kept doing it. And now I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) When people ask us, you know, can you make a 10X Pro site look nice? We always say, oh, look, you've got to go and see Stevie's site. It's absolutely the benchmark, the most beautiful site that I've seen on that platform. Shows what is possible and that's cool. So when you're doing these big blog posts and getting attention and then you're getting good at your social media, at some point you decided that you wanted to get paid to teach people how to do this as well. Can you talk about how that came about? Yeah, so I had no business now or know-how at all and I was just creating these blogs and then the podcast and like literally every single weekend it's what I spent my time doing. All of my friends were out partying. They're like, Stevie, what are you doing? And I was like in my room. I had my like $59 Kmart desk and it was all set up and I just spent my weekends doing it. And then people started coming to me and they started saying, hey, Stevie, can you please do what you're doing for yourself? Because my socials were growing for me and it just clicked in my mind. And I was like, oh, so this could be a thing outside of kind of what I'm doing in corporate. Like it was never like I want to start a business. It kind of just started to come to me. And so I had a couple of clients and then I realized I was like, you know what? I went to Europe for a month and (laughs) it took me out of like the everyday. And I feel like that's really important sometimes. And I was like thinking, and I was talking to my partner, I was like, you know, I'd probably need maybe two more clients and I could leave my corporate job and do this full time. And he was like, well, why don't you? (laughs) And I was like, well, why don't I? And so I came back and I actually had like a really amazing boss. And I think a lot of people talk about corporate and how they had a horrible boss and the whole thing. I never had that. And so I was like, so scared. I went into him and I was like, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? And he was like, look, go for it. Starting a business is the best thing you'll ever do. And I was like, well, that feels like the validation that I didn't even need, but I thought I did. And um, 90 days later, (laughs) I left. So that was kind of the journey. It's an amazing feeling, isn't it? Yeah. My last boss was a very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, I had horrible bosses before that. At the time that I left employment, which was 2008, they didn't really understand what it is that I was doing. They're like, what is it again that you're doing? And I'm like, mm-hmm. online marketing. Because it wasn't that strong back then no. in Australia. It was lagging behind the United States. So you were doing these blog posts. How did you go about the tech side of things back then? Yeah, so I had no idea. And I was kind of cobbling all of the bits and pieces together. I obviously use 10X Pro now for everything, but I didn't know it existed then. So I set up a website on, I think it was Squarespace, something along those lines, was kind of like 
you learn as you go, right? So I was kind of, of like learning all of the little bits and pieces, kind of putting it all together, doing everything like the hardest way you could possibly do it, but enjoying the learning and the process. And so, yeah. And so I did that pretty much the whole way through. So I was, so I finished my job, went into kind of like working for clients, had that kind of basic set up for about six to 12 months. And then I kind of went, okay, well, I want to start teaching people about social media through the course. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to get serious about the tech side of things. I was like, what do I do? Like, what platform should I use? And you were like, just go and kind of look at 10X Pro and see what you think. So I did that and got on a strategy call with John from 10X Pro. And (laughs) I had no idea in terms of like all of the features and what he was saying. I was like, all right, look, sounds good. (laughs) Let's just give it a go. And I think that was actually the best decision because I didn't start out with a platform. And I say this to my clients now that I help create courses with, but it's actually so beneficial to start off with a platform where you can grow into it because I didn't know I needed all of the features Mm -hmm. then, but I committed to it. And then two years later, like I'm still kind of going, oh my gosh, I need... X, Y, Z. And if I was going to go with like a really simple platform, it would have cost an extra $60 a month for me to have this. But 10X Pro has it. Does that make sense? It makes huge sense. I mean, I went through this learning curve. It's why I'm really passionate about the platform actually, because when I started out, I was using a website tool that only worked on Windows computers and then you had to build it on your computer and then push it up to the internet. So it was easy to use, but it had limitations. And then WordPress became a big thing. But then you have to start adding and gluing. In the first few iterations of my memberships from 2007 to 2012, I changed platforms three or four times because what happens is you run out of features or you run out of it being able to do something really important Mm. or they obsoleted or it's not kept up to date or it was a one-time thing. So I had some cheaper tools. This This is a real curse of beginners online is they go cheap and they under budget for what's involved, but also they overcomplicate it. It's actually far more complicated to try and do things on the cheap. And that, and that sounds weird, but it's really hard to get your cheap website and your cheap cart and your cheap hosting and all of this stuff. Then you start needing updates and plugins and hacks and software upgrades and finding someone to support it all. Or... You just pay one little subscription and have it all hosted, integrated, completely up to date, ongoing. This is why I'm really curious to know how this sits with your students, because there's an entire market of of people out there who have had some of the popular tools promoted to them very heavily through, you know, kudos to them, huge affiliate programs, lots of ads in your feed all the time. And they do maybe six out of 10 things quite well but then they lack and you need to start stacking them together again. I've still got my business glued together with some bits and pieces and I'm, I'm still in the migration phase. But last year I was so excited to roll out a whole 10X Pro installation from the top level domain and it was amazing. And I was responsible for a lot of feature changes as I'm using it because I know exactly what I'm looking for. And so I'm excited to sort of overlay that across to my main business. But I'm curious to know how you go with the resistance of people who are starting with their courses saying, oh, I can't afford a couple of hundred dollars a month. I think I'll just start with the cheap one and bootstrap it until I'm ready for the next platform. What do you say to those people? 
Yeah, so I have a program basically, and it helps current and aspiring course creators. So people come in and they're completely fresh. So they might be a service provider. They've never kind of gone into digital before. And then the other group of people is like, they're a current course creator. They're already set up with something and they're coming in with some sort of problem. And so two things. Number one, what I find people will always say to me, they'll come in and we inside of the program exclusively teach 10X Pro. And that's simply because it's what I use. It's what I recommend, but we're also tech agnostic. So if someone comes in, it's not like you need to use 10X Pro, you can use whatever you want. And so they'll come in and they'll say, I'm just starting out. I don't know what to do. And so the one thing I say to them and It makes, so it makes some people come in and they're an expert in a particular area. They've already set up a business in a particular area and they understand that it requires capital to grow, right? And that's great because they're kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm coming into this digital world and it's only going to cost me this much in order to set up my business. That's amazing. But then there's the other people that come in and they're kind of like, oh my gosh, it's an expense. And they don't realize how lucky we are to be in the digital space where in terms of like a business that requires capital to grow, it is next to nothing. If you come in with the mindset, so this is what I say, basically, like you come into our program and you design an offer and you validate it, right? And so if your offer validates, it means that you have a business. And so you can then fund the expenses that come along with having a business, right? And so if you can't do that in the first three months in the program, you don't actually have a business, like you have a hobby (laughs) and therefore it's an expense. And so you have a problem, but as soon as you have a business, it's part of the business expenses. And so what I see happen is like people will come in and they'll go, I feel so nervous. And I understand it. Like it's a completely normal thing to feel nervous when you've never done something before, but they'll come in and they'll go, okay. I just want to start out with like a cheap option. And I'm like, okay, go for it. You can do that. Then they'll validate. Then they'll have like a 30K launch and then they'll realize that they need to go back and change it all. And so that's kind of like the journey depending on the person that's coming in. It's really important for people to hear this. That's what you said is true. If you don't have validation early, you don't have a business. A lot of people cling to the dream or the hope of having this fantastic online business. But then to turn that into reality is some roll up the sleeves work. I love what you've put together. You've got this launch pad. I'll put a link to it. It's stevie says social.com forward slash launch pad. And you're helping people create their own stuff. I think you're really good at this. And I love the fact that you're supporting the platform, which is like one reason I really want to support you. You're like the perfect case study or use case of someone we've seen come in and work it the right way and do good things with it. And I'm like you, I'm tech agnostic for my students. If they want to use a platform, I'm fine with that. I will recommend the one that I know and trust and has amazing support and does everything they could need it to do and that I use myself, absolutely. But if they want to use anything else, go for it. But like you, I've seen often they have to actually pull up stumps and do it again later because they actually hit the wall on some feature or thing or some other catastrophe happens. (laughs) Like there's some nasty things that go on on some of the platforms. I'm not not going to name anyone, but some platforms lump all their customers into the same server, for example. So you're mixed in with everyone else and it can make things slow and also less secure. Other people, I suspect, probably take their database list and use it for remarketing audiences, Mm -hmm. which is naughty and shouldn't happen. But I'm most certain it probably does because of um, things that I've seen that would evidence that. So these are things to be concerned about. 
I'm just interested from a user perspective, what does it look like on your team side for rolling this out? I mean, you've had a child during this whole thing as well. I'm I'm aware of that. Another on the way. (laughs) Right. So this has become a very leveraged business for you. I'd love you to share what your sort of team and sort of admin allocation looks like for how you've been able to run that business because you're doing quite well, I think, from a revenue perspective for team size, your profitability would be quite good still. Yeah. So in terms of team, we have a full-time coach in the program. We also have a virtual assistant, which came through Vision Find. So that's kind of it. That's our team, basically. So the way that it's kind of set up is because Launchpad is quite high touch, we basically have people come in. It's an onboarding call. They get like personal critiques on their work. We have strategy calls. We have a lot of like high touch things that I never had when I had courses. So what I found is I was getting caught up in that basically becoming a full-time job. So I'd gone from courses where it was like, I create the thing, I sell the thing. There's no delivery to this like group coaching program model where I was like, oh my gosh. So the full-time coach helps with that. And then in terms of the back end, the VA really is trained on all things 10X Pro. We use Active Campaign in conjunction with 10X Pro. So all things Active Campaign for our email system. And so the tech side is pretty much sorted by him. So that's the tech side covered. That's the delivery side covered. I'm still obviously like on all of the coaching calls, still very heavily involved in like the strategy side of that. But then I love the marketing side of things. Like literally that is why I love courses so much. And so I geek out on that. I never actually want to not work. I just want to work on marketing all day. <laughs> and so I get to help the clients inside of Launchpad with that, which is amazing. And then I also get to work on the marketing of the program. So that's the setup. Well, sometimes we don't see our own gifts as clearly as outsiders, but I can say having been involved in behind the scenes with you in your own business, one of your super strengths is the way you plan and execute. Because through coaching, I've seen you prepare in advance of what you plan to do and you've mapped it out and you've asked me to have a look over it and I've looked at it and I'm always impressed with like you've brought that corporate law firm, A-grade student approach to planning that is responsible for the results you're getting. It's like you're building a railway system and then you launch the train service and it works. And I imagine that's what strength you're bringing to your clients is you're helping them organize themselves and structure them and plan properly. So I'm very confident in anyone who's going through your training that's going to get a good result. So good job. (laughs) Yeah. So the way, the big thing that I find is like when people come in is they're kind of like, it is the planning side of things. They'll come in and they'll say, so we have an application process. And if they say in the application I want passive income. I'm like application rejected because it's never passive income. Like what I say is like you come in and you work really hard for a period of time and then you get to enjoy leveraged income on the back end. But for me, it's like, okay, well, what is that end goal for you? So say, for example, like I want to make $100,000 from my course rather than kind of going, and this is what I see people will say they want to create a course and then like hold their breath and cross their fingers and hope that it works out for them without understanding like the math side of things. And I think that's so important. So it's like, okay, you want to make $100,000. What is the price point of your course going to be? That's why I'm like, it needs to be a flagship price. Otherwise it's not worthwhile in terms of where courses are at these days. Then it's like, okay, well, 
what do I need in terms of lead or sales in order to achieve that? Then what do I need in terms of leads? And then it's like, okay, well, how can I structure the three big things, which is the offer, a selling system that works and the lead generation side of things to do that. And so I think like the order and like the clarity of like, oh, it's that simple and that hard (laughs) is what people appreciate because otherwise you're kind of going in and closing your eyes and going, oh, I'm going to create a course and then nobody buys it. And then you try to fix that with like Facebook ads when it, you know, it was an offer problem or you try to fix the offer when actually it was that you had no leads. And so it's making sure that you understand like the big pieces, you understand what you want, and then you like reverse engineer into it. Well, that's what you're very good at. And uh, yes, there are a lot of people roaming around addicted to hopium. Hopium, I love that. And not prepared to put in. It's like that saying, you know, it's simple, but not easy. It's simple, but not easy. Like that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've got, you've got the system, I, I mean, people get stuck at various parts. I find people tend to get stuck at the offer. Often they will underprice because they're underconfident. So they're going to try yes. and get rich from like a $7 product or a $19 community or whatever. And I say, look, you realize you're going to need thousands of members for that to work. Yeah. It's much easier to find 10 people who are prepared to pay a few thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, quicker, easier process. But how can you blow them away? Then the next thing they run out of is they get bogged down on the tech. They can't actually get it to market. So we've talked about how that's solved. And then they run out of capacity. As you talked about, suddenly you're attracted to the freedom of an online business and then you basically prison sell yourself (laughs) with all the deliverables so you've actually found leverage in team. So in short, if you can have a great offer, if you can have smooth technology and you can create delivery systems so that your capacity is preserved, you will have a great business. I think that's what you've done well. It's why I wanted to talk to you about it It's very interesting to me to see where you take this because you love this so much. I know there's further iterations coming down the road. I've already seen several. I saw you go from corporate to information products and then information products to educator and scaling that into sort of deeper solutions that help more people. I think there's some more chapters and I'd be really curious to have you back to talk about those as they unfold. I have no idea what they are yet, James. I actually feel like this is so funny, but true. I kind of feel like I've found my life's work in what I'm doing at the moment. And I, at the moment, I've never felt like this before, but like with the social media courses, for example, I felt like it was a pit stop to something else. Talk to me in a year, (laughs) but like right at the moment, I actually feel like I've found the thing that I just want to do for a really long time. So we'll see. I can detect that spark. I see it in some others too. You know, you actually remind me of Sorel Amor, who I've spoken to quite a few times and she's found her spark and it just comes through. And I think your clients will detect it and it'll actually transfer onto them. People who need a little bit of spark are going to just resonate. And the best thing of all is when you have a product that actually works, then that's really, really good for the people that you're working with. And they're lucky to be on board in that capacity. That's important. That Going back to what you said before with the confidence side of things, I think that once you get to a point, and I see this with my clients, like they're nervous about their first offer and then they go out with it and then it works for them. And then it's like, okay, they've got the confidence to keep continuing. We've had $300,000 in sales from our Launchpad clients in the last six weeks. So I'm so proud of them. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like your client success is your success. That's exactly how I feel about it. And it's true about the confidence. 
That's why I really wanted to hear about your sort of story of when you started because people look at you now and think, oh, she's got such a beautiful side. It's selling so well. She's clearly got it all connected. But it wasn't always like that. Same for me. When I was on Facebook earlier today, I saw where I'd published a podcast that I'd done. There was a little sort of symbol on the post. And I'm like, okay, what's this alert? I clicked on it and it said, you know, superfastbusiness.com is registered for over 10 years and it's a source who is. And I'm thinking, wow, they've, that came quickly. It'd actually been registered for 25 years, 26 years, 16 years now. But it's interesting how quickly you can get into that sort of zone and then it just and then you're just doing your thing and your thing is just normal and it's great and it's enjoyable. So exciting times. And yes, we are in a time where it's just the best time to be creating digital stuff. And to speak to your point about the costs of business, I went uh, down to my local shopping center the other day and got some food and we sort of wandered into this shop that was kind of had a half open door and I saw like a hammer and nails and boxes out and and they said, oh, you can come in. I'm like, okay. And and turns out they were just setting up. I'm like, are you guys new? They said, yeah, we're brand new. Like we're literally just about to open. And I said, that's great. And we're looking. They had really nice stuff. And I purchased something from them. And they were actually on the phone to the bank trying to get their terminal working when mm. we walked in. And I was the very first purchase. Oh, and I'll always remember you. <laughs> well, I had a little bit of tear in my eye just thinking, you know, they told me their journey, like they'd come from another place. They said you all the time and effort and expense. I mean, just looking around their store, they would have had tens of thousands of dollars worth of stock. Mm-hmm. They'll be on the hook for a shop lease for probably a couple of years yep. at a high rate. And, you know, they haven't even started their marketing and it's like, First purchase and it went through and it was successful and we were all sort of excited about it. But yeah, the road for them to get there was so much harder than what we can do mm-hmm. as digital creators. Yeah. And I was super thankful that I don't have to drive into a shop today or buy tens of thousands of dollars worth of stock or hope that my landlord's not going to jack up the rate. It just made me really appreciative. Like I'm there in my board shorts and then I just go and have some lunch and go, <laughs> go for surfing. My business is up 24-7. And uh, people like you are helping that dream come alive for others. So fellow creator and educator, I appreciate what you're doing there, Stevie, and keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. I was just going to say, I have a client inside of Launchpad who said she tried to create a digital course about five, seven years ago. She said it cost her $25,000 to set up the platform and it still didn't work. (laughs) I was like, the time that we're in at the moment is just like magical and I don't think we realise it sometimes. Yeah, well, I'm excited about it and, and I know it, it was hard for me when I started and it's so much easier now. But with so much easier comes a lot of competition, so you have to be good. Mm. That's why you get a, a good plan, you work the plan and it's not easy. There is some hard work, but it is simple and it is achievable. All right. Well, there you go. Stevie Dillon, legend. Thank you. All right, so we're going to put this up at episode 916. We'll transcribe it. We'll link off to Stevie's site and uh, catch you next time and see where you've been since uh, this call. (laughs) Sounds good. I look forward to it. This is James Schramko. 